Support comes from the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at the University of Southern Mississippi. Ollie offers classes, seminars, and socials, both in person and online, to help individuals continue in their love of learning. Registration ongoing. More at usm.edu O-L-L-I. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. You're listening to an encore presentation on MPB Think Radio. We're not able to take your call right now, but you can always reach us through email. The address is garden at mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Think Radio. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fellow rushing, and we're going to be talking gardening. Believe it or not, talking gardening. Here it is, uh, almost Valentine's weekend. Well, it is Valentine's weekend. Um, and we're going to have some cold weather coming up. Matter of fact, uh, just a few days ago, people were saying, oh, what am I going to do? I'm going to go to the Mississippi Gardening uh, uh, Facebook page and my emails. And what are we going to do? It's going to get upset. I'm not doing anything. You know, my plants can take it. They're tough. You know, you just plan ahead, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, they said it might get down to 11 degrees. I'm thinking, holy smoke, I'm going to lose some stuff. And there's some things I'm going to do. There's a few things I've already done. Uh, We'll talk about those in a bit. Some things I can do. A lot of stuff that's simply nothing we can do except just hunker down. A lot of it will make it. Some of it won't, but it'll be back. But anyway, because of this, uh, I got one of the top experts in the South, our own uh, Dr. Gary Bachman from the Extension Service. He's going to join us in about, oh, 10 or 12 minutes, and we're going to talk about what he thinks we should be doing. Uh, I know what I think I should be doing. He and I both are gardeners of those horticultures, but he's from up north originally. He knows cold. And uh, so anyway, hang tight, folks, over the next next uh, oh, 10 or 12 minutes, and we're going to come back and have a show enough uh, horticulture throwdown about what to do in cold weather. I mean, Java, it's cold. I, I walked in this morning. My feet are cold. They're wet, and I'm miserable. Yeah, no, nah, it is uh, it really, really cold, and I heard you talking in the hallway. It's not that it's so cold because, I mean, it is February, Yeah, uh, but it was 70 degrees the other day. Yeah, it was 70, <laughs> 71 degrees in Jackson day before, three days ago. And uh, that's what gets a lot of plants is that su- we have plants that will take 20 below zero, but they won't take 22 degrees if it comes after a week of 70. But anyway, there's stuff we can do. There's some stuff you don't really need to worry about. We're going to cover all that in just a few minutes. Uh, I did bring in some things to talk about, some show and tell from my garden. I've got some terrific looking plants. They're colorful foliage. They're edible. Uh, they're, they're brilliant. And they they won't be affected by this cold at all. So there are some things you can do. You know, not not much consolation for folks who have stuff you can't do much about. But I've got some of that longer. Anyway, enough of that. If you want to give us a call and talk about gardening, it's toll free. One eight seven seven MPB ring, and um, I had an interesting conversation with a couple of people last week. But before we get to that, let's slide over to right across the Mississippi River to Vidalia, Louisiana. Good morning, Harry. How are you, sir? What's up? I've got a large garden with some beautiful cauliflower, broccoli, and cabbage. Uh huh. And we're predicted to get down to about 12 degrees on yeah. Monday night. Yeah. Is that going to kill it? Do I need to try to salvage it before that freeze or uh, survive it? 
You know, usually those plants can take, they, they like cool weather. First of all, the, the broccoli, the cauliflower, the cabbage, we think of those as wintertime plants, but they don't like freezing weather. They like long, cool seasons. And we have, you know, they don't like our hot summers, but they don't like hard freezes either. They like that in between. And uh, so uh, collars can take it, kale can take it, but if you've got broccoli that's headed up or cauliflower that's headed up, it's going to get burned. And so I'd either, you know, if you can't cover it, which is not practical, I'd go ahead and harvest what you can. Okay. Because uh, it, it'll just get burned. Not much we can do about it. We've got plenty of moisture, so it's not so much, uh, you know, that it might not kill all the plants, but it will, it'll, it'll burn them and uh, make them not look good, and you don't, you don't want to freeze it or anything like that. What temperature do you think that uh, below that temperature that you start having problems? It's really hard to say. You know, again, these plants, you know, they they like cool weather. Uh, they like cold weather. They'll tolerate some frost, uh, maybe a light freeze, but... You know, it so much depends on uh, what stage of maturity, whether they're really fertile or not, whether they've got moisture, whether the wind's blowing. So I'm going to say, you know, the, if it dips down below the upper 20s, you need to go in and cut it. Because we predicted for twelve here. I know, I know, and I got. I just planted three different kinds of of, uh, of English type peas. I sprouted the seeds. They had the little roots. I spread them out. I covered with compost, and I'm just proud as they can be. And I'm gonna I'm gonna start some more seeds this weekend because they ain't gonna make it. You know, they can take cool weather, but not sudden hard freezes. Appreciate the information. Appreciate the show and all the information okay. that you give us. Okay, really man, helpful. hunker down, Harry. <laughs> All righty, folks, we've got some lines open if you want to give us a call, toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. Uh, I had a couple of incidents, so one a couple of weeks ago, I forgot to mention it last week, but this past week I was at Whole Foods getting me some, some instant coffee because they get the best instant coffee. And there's a young male cashier, uh, and he said, you're the garden guy, right? I'm thinking, I get, yeah. I am. Look at me. And he said that he lived in France for a while. In Java, he said whenever he got homesick, he listened to podcasts of the Gestalt Gardener. <laughs> Put you in a Mississippi mind state. Yeah. And he said that the way the people talk, you know, the accents and the earnestness and the, you know, the, the men and the women. And, and uh, he said that it just made him feel real good. Uh, but also, I uh, talked to, to a fellow up in my pub a couple of weeks. I go to a pub about once a week. You're not supposed to do that, but I do it anyway. But I wait till everybody's gone, till the till the restaurant's closed. It's just old guys sitting around, you know, social social distance and all like that. Anyway, I go in late at night about every week or two. And uh, this fella, uh, his name is Cameron. And uh, he said he was listening to us and, and uh, talking about red amaryllis a few weeks ago. And he said he has uh, red amaryllis from his great-grandmother down in Bassfield. I'm thinking, I'm sitting around at a pub late at night, and we're talking about great-grandmama's flowers. It's a new world, man. It's a new world. I mean, me and, me and uh, Cameron and his great-grandma talking about our flowers. But anyway, I do appreciate the uh, the opportunity that this program gives for what I call not just horticulturists and erudite people, but garden variety gardeners who may not know all the stuff and may, may not even know what the plants are called, but are earnest about uh, what's going on in their yard. So that's what we, we like to bring folks together here. Try not to get too highfalutin. Uh, try to keep it as you know down home as we possibly can. But uh, let's now go to um, uh, Poplarville. Brenda, how are you this morning? I'm good, Felder. Good morning. Good morning. What's up? 
My question is about my Carolina jasmine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has started blooming. Always already. does. Always does. It's a native and plant. I'm, af- I'm afraid I'm going to lose it, and what? it's not going to rebloom with the the freeze. What you going to at 22? Yeah. So what you going to do about it? Well, I thought about throwing a blanket over it. <laughs> you know, it's for, not a whole lot. Yeah. If you, if you could, uh, it, and again, uh, uh, Gary Bachman and I are going to talk about that in about 10 minutes. But uh, the truth is, covering things up only helps a certain amount down to a certain temperature. And okay. uh, so, and, and we'll talk about that. But Carolina jessamine, uh, what people call yellow jasmine, is a native mm-hmm. plant. It normally can take right. a pretty good hard freeze. And 22, you know, is not, it might get down to 11 or 12 in Jackson. But, right. uh, and, and some of my plants that can normally take cold weather are going to brown their foliage, maybe lose some flowers. But practically speaking, it's not going to hurt your Carolina jessamine at all. Now, you may lose Wonder. a few flowers, a few buds, but you'll see they'll keep right on blooming starting next week. Okay, and I heard you speaking with the other gentleman about the broccoli cauliflower. Mm-hmm. Um, I have that in um, raised beds, and by raised, I mean it's it's planters that are up on stilts, yeah. so I don't have to bend over. Right, right. Um, they, should they be okay in 22, or no, will I get a little no. burn? The, these plants, they don't like winter. We plant them in, right. in the south because it's a cool weather. They don't like hard freezes. They'll take cold temperatures, but a sudden mm-hmm. hard freeze, if they're headed up, they're going to get damaged. You know, the, it, we, you know we, we think of planting these things in the fall to harvest before it gets cold, and in the late winter to harvest before it gets too hot. But this middle of the winter, not a whole lot of vegetables can take it other than leafy stuff. Okie dokie. So good luck on it. All right. Thank you. Bye. All righty. Now uh, go to, um, looks like, to go Gaucher, Harry and Gaucher. Hey, man. Hey, Felder, how you doing this morning? I uh, Not so came bad. from the tree giveaway. They had a big tree giveaway up in Van Cleef. Oh, that's right. This is Arbor 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 time. Yes, it is. It's our Arbor Day down here in South Mississippi, apparently. And I scored me three blueberry tree uh, bushes and three solly oak and yeah. three red buds. Yeah. And I just wanted to. What's the best uh, ideal conditions for the blueberries? Where do I plant them? Sun, shade, drainage, dry. Yeah. Well, first of all, we have a lot, we have a lot of several different species of wild blueberries all across the Mississippi, especially in the South. They call them huckleberries a lot of times, but they're 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 blueberries. They're not real huckleberries. And uh, where you typically see them is going to be in a rich, woodsy kind of dirts. Uh, and they'll produce better in the sun, but they'll still do all right in the light shade. But the, here's the deal. When you plant these, dig an extra wide hole and add some real Canadian peat moss to it. It's the only time I recommend, strongly recommend, red, real Canadian peat moss, that fluffy, reddish-brown stuff, because it lasts a long time and it's, and it's acidic. And it's what these plants grow naturally in. But mix it about one part peat moss to oh, two or three parts your native dirt a nice wide hole, cover it with mulch, and they'll do fine. Wonderful. What about the sawtooth oak? The, the, the only, all these other plants, the only thing you need to remember, if you look at it, uh, first of all, don't let the roots dry out. You know, put them in a bucket of water, wrap them in some wet paper or something like that, because even a few minutes of, of, of air time will kill their roots. When you plant them, notice where the roots are and that little light-colored line where they grew originally, you want to plant them at the same depth they're originally grown. Don't plant them an inch or two deep. You know, you can sort of see where their original soil line was. Make sure that's about the same as your dirt. 
other than that, it ain't no big deal. And uh, it doesn't matter about drainage if it's a dry area on a hill or the close to the water's edge in the swamp. As, as long as they don't stand it. We have some plants that will take standing water, but these are not those. So the main thing okay. is just put them where water doesn't stand, you know, more than a couple of hours after good rain. And is that the same for the red bud? Yeah, you know, red buds, again, these are native. You see them blooming naturally along the edge of the woods. They grow well in the woods. They'll do fine in the sun, but they seem to do better if they get, like, morning or late afternoon sun, but not middle-of-the-day sun. So think of them as as edge-of-the-woods type of plants. Thanks, Felder. And just to let everybody know that the tree giveaway goes till 11 a.m. It's at the fairgrounds by the horse arena in Van Cleve. Yeah, mo- most counties, I don't know if they still do. They used to. When I was with the Extension Service, uh, sometimes Extension Service, sometimes the forestry, sometimes the soil and water conservation folks. Uh, but i give you an idea how well these plants do. I set out a tree that was knee-high the day. I, you know, these are just little switches. I set, I set out a tulip poplar. That was knee-high the day I set it out in February, the year my son was born. He was he was a larvae. And when he was four years old, we both fell out of it. That's how fast they grow. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, good luck on it, Harry. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay. Now, down to, um, well, here in Jackson, we're going to talk to Sophie. Hi, Sophie. Good morning. Hey, Felder. Uh Hello from Fondren. Yeah. Um, Excuse me. That's artsy fartsy Fondren. Yeah. I have a lot of camellia trees or bushes here in our front yard. And as you know, they have been blooming like crazy. It's it's been good. I I walk around. You've probably seen me. I'm the old long-haired, gray-haired guy walking around all the time. And I've been taking pictures of them for three weeks. Well, now that uh, we have this freeze coming, I'm, I'm a little worried. I have a couple of branches that uh, kind of sprout off right from almost right at the ground, mm-hmm. and they are drooping because there are so many blooms. Yeah. And I'm worried that that is going to you know, take them down with this freeze, especially if it gets a lot of weight on it. It's hard. To well, there's not much you can do. I mean, practically speaking, covering plants only helps down a certain amount of time. What I would do, in all honesty, is take your little concrete chicken or a little ceramic, take something out there and put it by it. Take a nice picture. Seriously. Take a nice little picture and remember how great they were. And they, some buzz will still open next week but rather than try to, to to mess with it preserve something like that just take a nice picture of it take some and, and bring them in as cut flowers and enjoy them but it's not practical to cover them up sure and what about the i'm really more worried about the the branch itself because it, it's oh, the branch will be fine pretty, the, 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 pretty hard. it'll bounce back oh yeah yeah it'll be fine if it's really really loaded down sometime this spring you might want to if it's got twigs growing off of them you might want to thin some of them out to just take some of the, the weight off of them Okay, will do. Okay, Sophie. Thank you. You bet. See ya. Yeah, I think we got time to squeeze in one more. Which one? Uh, John, John down in Mobile. Hey, John, good morning. Howdy. Good. Good morning, Felder. I'm fine. Yourself? So far, so good. Not so bad. Well, good. Uh, got a quick question. Last year, I planted my uh, couple of poinsettias after the Christmas season and, you know, got warm enough or it wasn't going to freeze down here again. Right, right. And it, they, they did fine until uh, we froze here, uh, I guess, back in December or whenever. Uh, the first freeze didn't seem to bother them. The, the leaves were still green and red. The second one seemed to zap them. And I'm just wondering, um, 
since it wasn't that hard of a freeze, uh, would the roots possibly still be alive and, and they may come back again this year? It's, it's possible all, along the Gulf Coast. It's possible. And poinsettias, is uh, I've seen them, you know, grow in protected areas in New Orleans and Houston, uh, you know, Central Florida. And if it's not too cold and in their protected place, a lot of times they'll survive because they're small trees in Mexico and the Caribbean. You know, they're they're yeah. actually little trees. Um, so it's just hard to say. What you could do is you could scratch on the bark a little bit, and it has a milky sap, not a white sap. Like I mean, not a green like most plants got a little milky sap. And if it's scratched out on the bark, if it's bleeds a little white on there, that part's alive. You can cut it down below there, and it'll sprout out like a bush. I mean, you know, commercial growers, they they when they root the cuttings, they snip the tip off to make them bush out. You can keep yours close to the ground. And anyway, just check for the white milky sap and cut it off there or, or below and should do fine. All right. Thanks very much. Good luck on it. All right. All righty, we're going to take just a little short break. We're going to come back, and I've got uh, Dr. Gary Bachman uh, from Mississippi State University. He's our he's our, our home garden guru, and uh, he's been dealing with this for a long time, what we're about to see. Uh, and he's going to give us the lowdown, the official lowdown, on what works, what won't work, and how can you just sort of learn to relax about the other stuff. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing, uh, retired extension horticulture guy, and uh, look forward to chatting with uh, with Dr. Bachman when we come back. But meanwhile, if you got some stuff out there that you think might freeze, pay attention. We're going to come right back with more of Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting right after this. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. All righty, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fellow Russian. Have we got a real treat for you? Got Gary. Ba- Gary, are you with us this morning? He's not on us yet. Still trying to call Gary. Huh. Well, we're trying to get Gary Bachman on the line. I, I know he's at his phone, and uh, we'll just see what happens. And um, whenever it, it ain't happening, okay, well, um, hmm. Okay, Gary, if you're listening, give us a call. Toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. We'll, we'll keep trying. Uh, I know I know he's at the phone because they just talked to him another, on another line. But anyway, meanwhile, uh, let's talk with uh, Rayo. Is it Rayo in Vicksburg? Oh, yes. yes, sir. Howdy. How are you? I'm just fine. Thank you. Good. I, I, you know, I, I grew up in India, and, you know, I'm used to some of the flowers and uh uh, stuff like that, you know, which grows typically in the summers uh-huh. or springtime. And uh, I had two or three questions related to that. One is I like jasmine flowers very much and the smell. Okay. And uh, uh, I have seen some plants here maybe in a store or something, but can you grow them in a pot, out, you know, left outdoors, for example, in the summers? 
Yeah, first of all, there's a lot of different kind of jasmines. And we have some that are hardy here, but you're talking about the real fragrant ones, and they're going to yeah. need to be protected from, from really, really cold weather. Yeah. yeah. So, so your best bet is growing in a container. You may have to prune it, you know, to keep it in, you know, from, from, uh, from freezing too much, uh, oh, okay. you know, to keep yeah. it where you can keep it in a pot. But you, and you only need to bring it in uh, if it's going to actually get really freezing. You know, it'll oh. take cool weather, 30s and all, no problem. Okay, okay. And what kind of uh, jasmine? You said there's some that are hardy and there, there's there's so many different kinds. It's a okay. wonderful uh, 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 genus, and uh, you know uh, you know we we have fragrant jasmines and jasmine shrubs and jasmine vines. There's just too many for me to even begin to yeah, get no, into. Yeah, no, that's okay. I like the fragrant kind, even if they're small. Yeah, yeah. And the other question I have is, you know, there we have you know small red onions yeah. that are tasty, and you know. Uh, that you, you know, you can use them in a day and finish up rather than have the kind of big onions that we have right. here. You know, so is, is it possible to grow them here? Or, yes. You know, yes. Okay. okay. Yes. Now, I haven't seen them. Here. That, well, okay. it's, you know, it's a matter of supply and demand. People, local garden centers typically going to sell what people usually come in asking for, you know, so you may have to order them online. And they're like a lot of other plants. They don't really like the cold weather, you know, they like, but, but you can plant them in the fall and they'll stay over the winter and then they'll start growing, you know, when the weather, when the days get a little bit longer in the, in the the late winter and the springtime. So typically the little bulbs you would plant in the fall or this time of year and you harvest them in the late spring and early summer. Okay. I have one last question related to the same thing. There we have, you know, these uh, long, what you may call Chinese kind of eggplants mm-hmm. that are purple. Yeah. You know, and we also have small green eggplants. Yeah. That they're both very tasty. But I have, you know, can it, is it possible to grow, for example, the, the long? Oh, yes, yes. A lot of people, a, a lot of people do that. As a matter of fact, they're, they're even ornamental. You know, they've even got some little small eggplants that look like eggs. But those long, uh-huh. thin ones, there's several, several varieties. You can get those by seed through, you know, uh-huh. go to any of the online uh, uh, seed companies, uh, okay. Park Seed Company, uh, uh, Baker Creek, any of those kind of things. And they'll have seed for those. But they grow just like any other eggplant, maybe even a little better. But they, you they grow them outside. Yes, outside yes, yes, the yes. They 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 like warm weather. So you can plant them in spring or summer. You or you, tr- you treat them just like you would peppers. Oh, okay. Plant them in spring yeah. sometime, and they will go. Okay. Right, and you can, you can leave them out. And you take it. Oh yeah, they they like hot weather. Okay, and you have to replant, redo the J- again J- Treat them just like you would pepper plants. Okay. Okay. All Thank right. you very much. I appreciate your you know you your show very much. Thanks. Thanks for being part of it. All righty. We, we got Gary Bachman on the line. Right. Are you there, Gary? Good morning, Felder. We had a little <laughs> bit of technical difficulties there, but we're we're good now. Hey, listen, last time I saw you, I think, was right after you gave a presentation up at State for a landscape seminar. How you been, That's Kevin? Right. How you been? I mean, you know, I, I, I see your stuff. I read what you write, you know, the Southern uh-huh. Gardening TV. But how you doing? Doing fantastic. I mean, 2020 was hard on everybody. And, you know, we had all of our in-person, face-to-face meetings canceled, you know, and I really kind of felt hunkered down all year. But, but you, you know, st- we're into the new... You, oh, st- you, you, stepped, you kept churning out the, the, the articles and, and the, the TV programs and all like that, so I know you've been staying busy. Oh, a- absolutely. We got out, we, you know, we're putting out good horticulture information for everybody, and but we're 
starting to get back to actually talking to people face to face again. So yeah. you know, things are looking up, I think, for 2021. Yeah. Well, listen, first of all, let me tell you, if, I, I, I'd be shocked if people, if everybody knew who you are, but uh, Dr. Gary Bachman, uh, you're an extension horticulturist, uh, and you do all the, the urban horticulture. I mean, you do more than that, but you do the home and garden stuff, the southern garden uh, uh TV program, you write weekly columns for the paper, uh, and you're also a fellow with the American S- Society for Horticulture Science, which is woohoo. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I was that was um, in 2019. I was really excited about that, Felder. You know, it was kind, kind of a nice career moment. Yeah, well, it's, it's being recognized by your peers. And, uh, and, yeah. and by the way, you and uh, Dr. John Guyton from Mississippi State are also the only two members from Mississippi to be named by the American Horticulture Society as a great American gardener for your educational stuff. Yeah, you know, I don't know how that happens sometimes. You know? Well, <laughs> you know, there's be, well, because you're just so friendly. <laughs> But listen, yeah. listen what, what I want to talk to you about, uh, as you know, everybody's freaking out about this weather. You're on the Gulf Coast, mm-hmm. but you're from Detroit, right? Right, right. So you know cold weather. You know cold weather. I know, and that's that's exactly why I live on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Elder. I mean, <laughs> you can take the. I, I know in the summertime, you know, you wear shorts and you know you got your hat and all like that. But I hope if you're wearing shorts now, you got two pair of socks on because because it's going right. to be cold. But so so what. You know, you and I know that covering plants up will help to a point. Mm-hmm. But I've always understood, and correct me if I'm wrong, that the covers have to go all the way to the ground because what you're trying to do is trap ground heat, not protect plants from, from – because the cold will go right through a cover. Oh, but, yeah. D- but yeah. D- does it help just to throw something on top, or do you really need to get it all the way to the ground? You know, if – all you can do is throw something on the top. It's better than nothing. Yeah, it makes, like you fe- make you feel better anyway. It makes the gardener feel better, <laughs> not necessarily the plant. But, yeah, but if you can cover all the way to the ground, you're going to trap some of that heat. But, you know, in all reality, you know, it's only going to be one or two degrees. Yeah. And if, and if you're in the middle 20s, that's cool. Yeah. But, you know... You, if we get into these temperatures that we're looking at over the next couple of days, yeah, you know, it's just going to kind of be well. Let's just see what happens out on the other side. Yeah, if we had cold wind and we had sleet and stuff, it'll protect physically from that kind of yes. stuff. But as far as protecting from cold, if it gets to twenty degrees, it's going to be twenty degrees inside there. That that that's that's right. Well, what about this idea of putting a, a you know a run extension with a light bulb under there? I, I guess that would work. As long as you don't electrocute yourself, you know it would work to it to you know just a couple of degrees. Yeah. In my in my opinion, you know people swear by it, and you know that. Oh yeah, they 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 swear by chewing gum to control moles too. But you know, yeah, ab- absolutely. You know, pe- people have to realize you know how much if you if you cover a plant and it gets to be twenty degrees, how many BTUs it's going to take to increase inside your cover. Yeah. Just a few degrees, that 60-watt light bulb is just not going to do it. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm not going to say don't do it. Yeah, yeah. If it makes you feel better, go do it. Yeah, uh, but if we, get, if we get ice, you know, if we get sleet and stuff, you can act, the, the curver can actually break plants. Mm-hmm. So it's it's gonna be a game. This idea, you know, uh, commercial fruit grower. A lot of times they'll turn these water sprinklers on, but right. that's but that's not exactly water. It's more like a mist fog type thing, and isn't? I mean, it's not just go out and 
such as sprinkle out over your plants? Yeah, well, and it depends. If you're a big orchard, yeah, they'll turn the you know the big overheads on to get that little layer of ice on the fruit, and that acts as a little bit of insulation. Yeah, and you know, and as that water freezes, the fruit is the is the recipient of that heat that the water uses. Oh, that makes but sense. Only, but it's only good to a certain point. Yeah, twenty seven, twenty eight, something like that. That that's right. That's right. Twenty degrees. No. Well, we've got plenty of moisture, you know, and so, you know, a lot of our, our winter damage is really not freeze injury. It's, it's, it's dry, the plant's drying out. You know, we get yeah. a sunny day, the root, and this is what you see a lot up in the upper Midwest where, where you're originally from, is mm-hmm. the, the roots are frozen, the ground is frozen, the plants can't absorb water, but the tops dry out in the wind and the sun, and that, that desiccation kills them. We don't have to worry about that because we got plenty of, <laughs> plenty of rain out there right now. Right, yeah, we're we're good soil moisture wise. Yeah, well, I, I know that you and your wife both grow a lot of stuff. Uh, I've been following you for for all these years. <laughs> you grow a lot of stuff in big containers. Other right, than water, right. you know, if they're good plants, they're gonna make it, right? Oh, that, that's right, and that and that's the reason I use big containers. You know, you, you could grow a citrus tree, you know, in a ten gallon container, that'd be fine. I grow in twenty five gallon containers. Primarily because if it gets cold and that 25-gallon container is well hydrated, yeah. that's a huge temperature buffer yeah. to that fall, to that falling temperature. I bet you could throw some plastic over those, aren't you? No. This, <laughs> now, 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 listen, this time, this time I'm not. Well, you just ain't going to get around to it or you had enough of it? <laughs> what? Now, or just to see? No, we're looking at oh, 24 on Monday night. That shouldn't be too bad. And I'm thinking that's going to be fine. But the other reason I grow in containers is so I can move all my citrus into the garage, uh, yeah. which we which we had to do in 2018. But just temporarily. But, you, you don't leave them in for months at a time like a lot of people oh, do. No, got, oh, gosh, no. No, as, as soon as it's, you know, it's warms up enough, boom, they're out of the garage again. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of, if you go online and see what do you do about freeze protection, a lot of it's written by people from, from the Midwest where they, they wrap mm-hmm. their junipers, you know, to prevent, you know, wind burn and to keep deer right. and all like that. But really what it boils down to here, as long as the plants are moist, if you can cover them, hopefully all the way to the ground, go for it and hope yep. for the best. But anything else anybody can do? You, you know, what, one of the things that, that, I've, that I've thought about, is, you know, people just want to put, you know, just a single layer of, you know, of a covering over, you know, a prized plant. Mm-hmm. But but I've been thinking about you know, friends up north that are gardening and harvesting greens, you know, in the extreme north through the wintertime. They use layers. That because know, and, of the, ins- and, the insulation between the two layers. Right. And that's kind of, you know, that idea, you know, that where, where we layer up to go outside Mm-hmm. If you have just a few plants that you want to make sure you can protect, go ahead. You know, some mulch. Put a put put a cover on top. Maybe put a second cover on top. Yeah. As long as it's not too heavy, and try and layer up and see if you can, you know, save one or two that you know plants that you just have to have. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't realize. You know, we're, we're horticulturists. We see the research. We do research. Blah 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 blah. But we lose plants too. You know, one of the things I like to say, Felder, 
if you're not killing plants, you're not gardening. <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's just that's just one of the realities. But but it's also gives us opportunities to try something else if something doesn't work out. Yeah. Well, I got some brand new blueberries and they're budded up, and you know I might throw a, a, a and they're they're small plants. I might throw a trash mm-hmm. bag or two over the top of them, and I just planted some English peas. I pre-sprouted them. They got that little root out. And I put them out. I, cover I, I, saw, I saw that. You know, and and I'm, I was so proud, and then all of a sudden, oh no, but, <laughs> you know. So, and the seeds aren't that, but I had three different kinds. So I'm prepared to have to replant because that's just what right. gardeners do. Yep. And, and that, that's the way to look at it, you know. Go ahead, get them going now, and, you know, you, you can just keep right on trucking when we get past this cold weather. Yeah. And you've, 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 been, here, you've been here, what, 10 or 14 years now? How long have you been yeah, there? I'm, I'm, I'm in my 14th year. Yeah. So you've seen people every year, should I cover my camellia, should I cover my daffodil, should I cover up my yeah. flowering quince? And for the most part, no, you don't really need to. Right. Yeah, because the only real damage on those that we're going to see, you know, as you were addressing earlier to one of the other callers, was the flowers that are open now are the ones that are go- that are going to get nipped. You know, if if those if those plants have yeah. those their flower buds are tight, they're going to be fine. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's it's, it's part of gardening part of gardening but a lot of people are really you know bring your cat in you know bring your plants <laughs> that you can bring in but for the most part take pictures enjoy i actually set my garden yeah. up ahead of weather like this so i can take good pictures when they're covered okay. with ice <laughs> <laughs> Any, anything anything else you can recommend for right now um i i think just some of the advice you get you gave you know Let's just relax a little bit. I, I hate to use the word chill, but you know, let's go ahead and chill a little bit, and you know, it, and it will be okay. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not worried about it. You know, yeah, we're going to lose a few plants. We'll clean it up later on this spring, and we'll just keep rocking and rolling. Well, I've got a little collection here that I brought, stipped them from my garden. I got some of the the lacinata kale, some purple kale. I've got uh-huh. different kind of kales and flowering things, and uh, flowering cabbages and parsley. And there's a lot of stuff that grows out there that can take it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you were right, like with the cauliflower and broccoli. Yeah, they don't like that real cold weather, so harvest the heads. But but the plants are most likely going to be okay. And a lot of times they'll sprout the- back out and do again. That's right. That's right. By the way, you've been here just long enough to where a little while ago you said I'm instead of I'm. I just want to let you know. <laughs> and when you go home, they're going to say you talk like a Southerner. Probably. <laughs> but it, but everybody at our office still tells me I sound like a Northerner. Yeah, you and Bob Bruzak, uh, yeah. who, who, by the way, Bob Bruzak, professor at Landscape Architect State, he told me to tell you that a friend of his or his brother from Massachusetts says that he had a goldfish pond, and the goldfish froze solid, and it came back to life later. Now, is Bob, you know, is he a Midwesterner trying to pull my southern leg or what? I have heard <laughs> anecdotal stories like that before. Yeah, I, I have never witnessed that. Yeah, well, I've, I've got a, I've got some notes from a, from a mid uh, uh, central Mississippi uh, koi grower, and I'm gonna share with that a little bit. But Gary, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you. So I know how busy y'all are, but hang in there, bro. We're gonna get out there and, and start shucking and jiving in front of real folks again real soon. That's right, Felder. I appreciate you know the chance to chat with you. Oh, and and one thing, 
Deborah uh, and Steve say hi. When did you see them? Oh, I'm, I'm, we're we're we're, fr- we're Facebook friends and friends whenever we can get together. Okay, folks, he, he's talking about Steve Newman, who used to be a yeah. professor of horticulture. State they're out in in uh, Montana, Colorado. Colorado that's right. Oh. Well, he just retired, so maybe they're in Montana right now. But who knows? You know. Well, okay. Listen, man, I appreciate it. Hunker down, okay. stay warm, my friend. Okay, you too. We'll we'll see you out on the other side here. Okay, man. Thank you so much, folks. That was uh, Dr. Gary Bachman, Extension Horticulturist. He's the Southern Garden uh, uh, producer and and host, and does all the stuff himself and. Good to hear somebody who really knows cold weather saying, just chill. (laughs) It's going to get cold for us, but just chill and relax. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. By the way, you can see Gary Bachman's stuff if you go to msucares.com, msucares.com. It has links to all of his programs and all of his, his columns and stuff. Really good, timely information from a guy who does it himself. We're going to take a real quick break, come back with some more phone calls. Got a little bit of cheesy music that I think is apropos. But I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing here at Mississippi. What what is this? Uh, uh, Mississippi Public Broadcasting, MPB. Malcolm White with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Every week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcast app. 
Alrighty, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. I collected some stuff on the way in. My 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 shoes are dried out, but my socks are still cold and wet. I got me some moss, real bright emerald green moss, and some scaly gray lichens. But I also brought in some different types of leafy green stuff that you could hardly call green because they're blue, they're purple, they're pink, they're red. All different kinds of colors of plants that grow in the cold weather. These plants will take ten degrees. They'll take zero degrees and they're pretty. Matter of fact, the color it is, the pretty they get. And I'm going to post a picture of that on our podcast a little bit. But there's different kinds of kale, uh, ornamental kales, cabbages, uh, br- things like that. That And uh, parsley, brilliant. Uh, emerald green parsley loves cold weather. So uh, with the daffodils coming up, if we get a little bit of nipped here and there, I still got these things to keep my spirits going. Uh, I'm going to share also a little bit about what you can do if you have a, 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 a fish pond in your garden. You can do protect your fish but first let's do what we're here to do that's to talk to folks on the air about gardening we're gonna go to greenwood hey bill what's going on on the edge of the delta <laughs> well i'm pretty cold fella I'm, I'm, that song you just played i'm ready for spring but it's going, I, heard, it's, I heard you say at the beginning instant coffee uh, can you give me the name of it because the coffee i'm getting is okay it's expensive Oh, I, I I don't remember the name. I, I just got it's a it's a particular I think three twenty what whatever that number is on the whole food. I get it at Whole Foods, but anyway, that doesn't matter. What, what's what's going on with your garden, man? Oh, okay. Well, uh, Norfolk Island pines. I didn't plant that thing in the ground. What just rip it out and just put it in a pot or what? Or cut the branches back, stick some some bottles on them because it ain't going to survive. Norfolk Island pines usually don't survive even on the Gulf Coast. Okay. Usually. It's a little teeny thing. I can just yank it up. Yeah, uh, they're tropical. They're tropical plants. And you get down to Central Florida, south, or or go down to uh, San Diego, or or anywhere in, in the tropics. You can't put your arms around them to get so big, but they'll freeze. You know when it, easy. So you ever think about moving to Florida when you have nope. orange? Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Because where they grow oranges, they can't grow some of the other stuff that we enjoy. Every place, every place, you know, they grow cheers up north. They grow figs in the south. I, I, so anyway, I grow where you're planted. There's always yeah. gonna be something that we wish we could grow from somewhere else. Yeah. Well, you have a good weekend, fella, and stay warm. Buddy. Appreciate it, Bill. Thank you, man. All righty, now let's go uh, to Canton, Jerry. Thanks for holding on for a long time. How you doing, man? Doing good, Felder. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Uh, in the last summer, I dug up some uh, daylilies and divided them. I got about 70 to 80 probably daylilies in Diff- small di- pots. Different kinds? Yes. And uh, so uh, I don't want to lose them, but in such small pots, I'm afraid that 9, 12 degree weather might kill them. Do I need to put them in the ground or do you think they'll not, not really. Keep in mind, daylilies, uh, I've been to daylily farms in Massachusetts. You know, daylilies grow, you know, they'll take hard, hard cold. <clears throat> the problem is it's a sudden cold and you need to protect the roots. What I would do is I would pull them all together into one spot and I used to work at a, at a wholesale nursery where we grew stuff in pots to sell to retail stores. And, you know, when they were small, we would just shove the pots together, throw a bunch of mulch, you know, around to cover their pots up. And uh, and usually that's plenty. And if you want to, if you have some plastic and put you some stakes in some of the pots so the plastic's not sitting on the plant, just sort of make it a little temporary greenhouse, then that'll help a little bit. But just cr- cr- uh, push them together and then throw some mulch around, some, uh, some pine bark or something like that around to kind of protect their the pots, and they should do fine. 
Great. Also, I got a banana plant somebody gave me. Do I need to uh, bring that inside, or can I bury that in the ground? And is is it in a pot? Yes. Uh, I, I I just bring it in. Bring it in just for this. You know, this is an unusual cult. Usually, I say, don't worry about it. No big deal. But this is an unusually cold, sudden freeze. And so tender plants like that, I've got some elephant ears that are in the ground. I'm even thinking about pulling those up and throwing them in a plastic bag and throwing them in, you know, in my, my, my tool shed. But, you know, it's an unusual freeze. So if you could wait till after this to put it back out, I would. All right. Great. Thanks, Felder. Okay, Jerry. Thank you, man. <clears throat> okay. Now we're going to go to um, Nishoba County. Hey, Bill. What's up, man? Thanks for taking my call. You bet. I just I just want to make sure. Are you saying that I don't need to go out there and cover my blueberries in the rain? And uh, how, how many have you got? How big are they? Well, I got six, and they're seven feet tall. There ain't no way you can cover those things. You you know, blueberry commercial blueberry grower lose some of their berries to a, a, a late freeze. Well, this is a pretty hard freeze. Might have got buds on them, but no flowers yet. So down south, we're seeing some some flowers on the, the wild blueberries, but there's not much practical you can do to cover them up if it's going to get this cold. It's not going to really help that much. And as long as there's moisture on them, you know, then we're not going to worry about wind damage. So the most I would do is if it's going to freeze and it's dry out there, if you could take a hose out there and just wet them down when it starts to freeze, what that does is that'll put a coating of ice on the buds, which protects them from getting colder. And as the water turns to ice, it actually puts warmth into the buds. But just, you know, if it's dry when it starts to freeze, just go out and wet them down. That's about, okay. all, you, that's about all you can do. Okay, I can do that. Yeah. Um, my wife showed me a picture uh, in uh, a catalog of some kiwis, and yeah. she says, boy, they look great. Can we have some? <laughs> Go. Yeah. they grow here? Nope. Okay, well, even though uh, Okay, I know what they say, and when I say nope, there's going to be one person that calls up and say I'm an idiot because they do it, but in general, if kiwi did well, we'd all be growing them. It's okay. just it's just like peaches and plums. If they did well, we'd have more peach and plum orchards. But uh, you know th- these things, they're and first of all, and a lot of the kiwi take a separate male and female plant. Right. So um, anyway, it's you could give it a try, and it's iffy and it's a little bit of a challenge. But that's what gardening is about. But if you want to just put them out there and walk away from them, nope. Okay. But so have, up, have have fun uh, with it. Surprise! Is she listening? No, she's not. And give her, you know, order some just to, you know, and, and who knows? It might work and you'd be a hero. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, man. One, one last thing. I, I, I looked at my irises yesterday and uh, they need to be divided. Is there a good time to do that? Yeah, winter winter time is a good. Fall and winter is a really good. Iris and daylilies and cannas can be divided even when they're in full bloom. You know, they're really tough plants. Uh, but what I would do is, is before they really start to bud up really well or right after they finish blooming, go ahead and and, uh, and divide them then. But now cut the leaves back to a kind of a fan shape. This keeps them from flopping over till they have a chance to grow roots. And when you replant them, plant them so that the top of that rhizome is 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 showing. They're the, one of the only plants that don't like to be buried or mulched. The top of that rhizome needs to be baking in the sun. So cut them back to a fan, put them about halfway in the ground, and, and they'll do fine. Okay. All right. Same thing for, same thing for the Japanese irises? 
Uh, pretty pretty much. You know, the bulb types are different. You know, if you wanted to grow the types that are grown from bulbs, they're treated like regular bulbs. But the ones that have the, the, the rhizomes are all treated about the same. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Appreciate it. Uh, we got another call on the line, but let me throw this out. This is from Dawn uh, uh, Barnage. Uh, Dawn is a Dawn is a certified koi doctor. She's uh, here in Central, just outside Jackson. She owns a Falling Waters Koi Farm. And uh, I said, "What would you do if you've got goldfish?" Because my friend Rob Ruzak says goldfish are free solid, and then they'll come back. And uh, I guess it's possible. But she says, in general, when temperatures fall below about forty degrees. Water temperature is going to be about 10 degrees lower than that. But six inches below the ground level, the dirt is usually in the mid-50s. See, our dirt stays warm here in the side. It doesn't freeze down deep. So if you've got a pretty good deep pond, the the, the dirt around your pond is going to radiate a little bit of heat. But she said the most, most important two things are if your pond freezes over, don't take a hammer to it because a shock wave can kill fish. She said, "If you want to, if you want to open up a little hole so that gases from the from the fish and from the the, the plants can escape," uh, she said, "Get you a pot of boiling water, tie a string to it, so you can pull it out later, and set the the the, the pot of water on top of the ice, and it'll melt its way down in the ice, and you got a string to pull it out later." But she said, "It's really important to keep it open if you can because of uh, gas exchange with the fish and the plants." Uh, and she also said, koi's don't digest food like humans. It's really important to not overfeed them. If it's going to be um, uh, in the 50 or below, stop feeding your koi. Don't ever feed them more than once a day. They're not hobby things like that. Um, but don't feed them for um, – uh, don't start feeding them again until after the temperatures are like 60 or so for, for three or four days in a row. So stop feeding your fish. And uh, if you have a pump, keep it running uh, so that it keeps, you know, an open space in the water. Um, She's got some other things, but that's the most important thing. Don't hit the the ice with a hammer. Put your pot of boiling water on top and a string so you can pull it out. And if you can keep your water pump running, that'll help a lot. But main thing is don't feed your fish. That's important. Um, And there's some other things. If you like some tips on this, uh, if you go to the Mississippi Gardening um, Facebook, uh, Dawn's always posting stuff on there about the koi. Uh, anyway, let's go down to, um, let's talk to Mr. Kindred. Uh, just says Mississippi. Where are you calling from, Mr. Kindred? Well, I'm in Mississippi, but my place is in northeast Alabama. I don't know if that's okay, uh, with well, you or whatever. Well, you know, you're up in the Appalachians. You thought, y'all think differently than the rest of us. But other than that, <laughs> what's, what's, the, the plants are about the same. What's going on, man? Yep. I've got, uh, in 2012 or 13, I bought two of everything. I bought two peaches, two plums, two apples, and two pear trees. Different varieties or two of the same? Well, I honestly don't, don't know. I don't know if it was male and female or different varieties. I uh, but anyway, my peach trees, one of them, uh, had the first or the second year, it did great. And then after that, them June bugs got a hold of them. Yeah, yeah. And and it's never been the same since. Yeah. And I don't well, know. 
Yeah. Well, well listen. I don't, I don't know. Okay. First of all, we're, we're, we're out of time. For, for I mean, the, the computer is going to kick us out of here in two minutes, so i got to be quick. Call back next week, and we'll get more detail about it. But in general, other than pruning your plants to thin them out so that they're growing out and up instead of all cluttered in the middle, other than that, and spraying after they finish blooming until you uh, with with uh, insect, with fruit tree sprays, not much you can do. Spraying, pruning is about all you can do. Bottom line stuff. Anyway, give me a call next week and we can talk in a little bit more detail because I love talking about fruit plants. Folks, it's going to get cold, extra cold, unusually extra cold, suddenly cold, and we're going to lose some stuff. I'm going to lose some stuff. Go out, take some pictures, cover up if you can a little bit of stuff. Not going to help that much, but it'll make you feel better, like Gary Bachman said. Take some pictures and enjoy what you got and uh, start thinking about what we're going to do next week to replant stuff. See you next week.